Well, today we celebrate Mother's Day, and we want to welcome all of the uh, all of the families here today. We want to turn in our Bibles at this time. If you open up your Bibles to the Book of Ephesians, the Book of Ephesians, we turn here to Chapter Six. And keep your finger in the book of Proverbs because that's where we'll be studying this morning. The book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 1. It is a timely reminder for us and something that I hope that you'll, uh, you'll always take to heart. Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 1 through three. Ephesians comes after the book of Galatians, written by Paul here, and it says, verse one of chapter six, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Let's bow in a word of prayer together before we begin our study of the Word of God this morning. Our God, we're thankful. We're thankful for mothers. And we pray, God, that as we look into your Word, you would teach us how we can honor our mothers and that you would help us to be godly, Followers of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we want to welcome not only those who are visiting, but also welcome those who are usually in the children's ministry. Uh, Those of you who are kids, I want to see all of your hands because sometimes it's hard to see you behind the adults. I want you to raise your hands if you're usually in children's ministry right now. Good. It's good to see all of you. I want to welcome you. Now, Usually, in the past, we've had some type of thing where we've asked about, well, what are you thankful for your mother about? Or what are you thankful for your, for your father about? And I want to just take a, a few minutes here to ask you a question. It might be a little bit different because I know when I think of my mother, she's taught me a lot of things. And I'd like to ask if any of you kids or youth or maybe an adult can tell me something that your mother has taught you. Something that your mother, that you've learned from your mother. What would you like to share maybe with us? What has your mother taught you? She's taught me how to tie my shoes. (laughs) Ah, praise God. You know, my mother taught me the same thing. You know, the rabbit runs around the tree or something. All right. What else has it? What else has it taught you? All right. What have we got here? My name... She's taught you your name. Well, that's good. That's one of the first things my mother taught me. I know my name. You know your name, too. Good. What's your name? Aaron. Aaron. That's good. What is your mother? Has your mother taught you something? No? All right. Your mother hasn't taught... What has your mother taught you, Josephine? How to cook rice. How to cook rice. That's right. Some people don't know how much water to put in the pot. And it gets a little dry. Um, to memorize my Bible verses. To memorize your Bible verse. What's your favorite Bible verse? Um, Philippians 8, like the, um, to think of good things. Yeah, Philippians 4, right? 
Four, nine, ten, eleven, right there. You taught me what's seven times eighty-four. What is seven times eighty-four? Five hundred eighty-eight. Five hundred eighty-eight. Boy, oh man. You know that's one thing my mother hasn't taught me. What else? Who else has something mother taught you? Your mom teaches something you'd like to share. Maybe we can learn too. You know, mothers have lots of things to share. Anybody have anything mothers? Mothers teach you something? Oh, there we go. Sophia, what has your mom taught you? How to be a Christian. How to be a Christian. Wow. And that was real. That's really a special message. Good. Who else has that? Ah, what has your mom taught you? Yes? She taught me how to walk. How to walk. That's important. And I know all of us have have learned that from somebody. What else? Anybody want to share something your mother has taught you? Ah, Samantha. Sammy. Um, yeah? Did your mom, what did your mom teach you? Um, no? Something? Yes. Yes? Well, I know Bonnie has taught all of her daughters many things. So, all right. Who has something else they'd like to share? Any of you kids or youth or something that your mother has taught you you'd like to share? Anybody? Last chance. You know, I like listening to you share because sometimes people get tired of listening to me share. So, what has your mother taught you? Anybody else? Your mother taught you something that you'd like to share with the rest of us? Yes? No? John, are you raising your hand back there? <laughs> what has your mother taught you, Jonathan? Uh, unfortunately, she didn't teach me how to tie my shoes, but uh, I had go for that. But uh, I did, what I learned from my mom is how to forgive, I think, and that's always an important thing. Mm. Forgiveness is a very important aspect of our Christian life so that we can be a blessing. Oh, Matthew. What has your mom taught you? How to put my contacts in. Oh, how to put your contacts in. How old are you, Matthew? Nine. You're nine. Boy. Yeah, that can be pretty scary, especially when you put your finger close to your eye. Huh. Oh, do you have something you'd like to share about what your mother has taught you? She taught me how to read. How to read. Wow. That's really important, too. We learn a lot of things from our mother. Any last? Last, last chance? Well, our mothers have taught us so many things. And I am very grateful for the things that my mother has taught me. I remember when I was a little boy, one of my jobs was every month or so, I would have to bundle up the newspaper. And she would make me bundle up the newspaper and tie it with twine or put it into a, a, a sack. And then I would take all of those newspapers and I would take it out to my father's car and he would drive me to the recycling center and we would recycle all of those newspapers and then my mother taught me how to, she was very good at numbers, you know, she used to work at a bank and uh, she would teach me, well, to write down all of the, 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 the money I would receive, you know, a dollar twenty-five this month or a dollar eighty-five the next month or whatever, and to record all of that to manage my money. And she also taught me how to pray. 
When I was a little kid, she taught all of the kids how to pray. And so we'd take turns sometimes praying and our family and dinner time or before we go to bed or go to sleep. Mothers teach us so many things. And we're grateful for mothers because of all that we've learned from them, aren't we? And we're grateful because they have taught us life lessons. They've shared with us wisdom and they have shared with us their life and their time. And now, I know that their time is very precious. In fact, it's interesting. I read a statistic in last year's, uh, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, in 2007, kids that are under the age of six years old, nearly about somewhere between 61 and 81 percent of kids eat breakfast and dinner with their mothers. They spend so much time with them, with us, and they've spent so much time raising us, and they've shared with us much of what they've learned during those meal times, during those times when we're sad, during those times when we're happy. They've shared with us wisdom. And God shares with us wisdom as well. In fact, in our Sunday school class, we have been studying through the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom. And wisdom means the ability to live skillfully. The ability to live skillfully. So this week what I did was I went through the book of Proverbs and I looked at all of the passages that have to do with mothers. And you know what it tells us? It tells us at least seven important things on how we're to treat our mothers. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at what the Proverbs say, what God says about how we're to wisely treat our mothers. So if you turn in the book of Proverbs, there are seven points in the bulletin. In the inside, you can write them down if you'd like. But seven things that the book of Proverbs, as a summary, tells us on how we're to treat our mothers. And the first one comes in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. How are we to treat our mothers? How are we to honor our mothers? The book of Proverbs tells us. Proverbs 1.8, it says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. So the first one is to listen to and follow your mother's instruction. To listen to and follow your mother's instruction. Now, what does it mean when we listen to our mothers? Well, it means that when they're talking to us, we're not going to be playing video games. It means that we're not going to be watching TV and ignoring her. It means that we're not just going to think, oh, she's talking again and zone out, right? It means that we're going to be listening to and not picking at the little things that our mother says, not correcting her grammar because now we know English a little bit better. It means that we're listening and hearing and taking serious consideration of what she's saying and following her advice. You know, mothers aren't perfect. The things that they say aren't always going to be perfect. But there's certainly a lot of wisdom that our mothers tell us. And it says, don't forsake your mother's teaching. Forsake means to leave behind, to abandon, to ignore, perhaps. I remember just a couple of weeks ago, I was going to uh, make some food for a meeting that we were going to have at my house. It was going to be after church, and it was just actually just last week, and I was talking with my mother about this. I was asking her, but it's because I was going to cook some uh, a very hot, hot uh, curry, and that was the dish that I was going to cook, and so I had a bunch of people who were going to come over, and I softened the meat like I was supposed to, and you know, my mother had told me not to cook the potatoes too long, but in my own 
practical way, I thought to myself, you know, they're coming over after church. I want it to be all ready. All I have to do is warm it up a little. So I thought, well, I'd cook the meat and then I'd just put the potatoes in in the morning and that way it'd, you know, cook a little bit and that way it'd, all I'd have to do is turn on the heat and my curry would be ready. Well, that was my own thing, even though my mother had told me not to cook them too long. And after church, I stirred the pot and wondered, why in the world are my potatoes so small? Well, it's because if you cook them too long, much to my embarrassment and much to my mother's laughter when I told her, they all dissolve. You know, because they just disintegrate if they're cooked too long. She says, you put them in there and then you're smoking. Then they'll cook by themselves after a little while. Only supposed to like, I told you, I told you. And I didn't listen to my mother's teaching. That's what it means when I forsake your mother's teaching. You, you, you forsake your mother's teaching. You don't listen to what she says and you end up doing something that will be very unwise. And mothers give us advice, don't they? And many times they can see what will happen in the future and they tell us, what we should do now. They can see if we involve ourselves in this activity and they say, you know what? You're involved in this and this and this and this. I don't think that you have enough time to do everything. Look, you're not even getting enough sleep. Or maybe they say, you know what? Those friends that you're hanging around, I don't really think that it's wise that you hang around those folks because you know what? They're going to influence you. Or maybe you make certain decisions because, you know what, they've seen plenty of people in their life and how they have turned out and the consequences of their decision and they don't want you to make those same decisions. Even though at that time we think it's the best thing in the world. Well, don't forsake your mother's teaching. Secondly, Live wisely and bring joy to your mother. Live wisely and bring joy to your mother. Proverbs 10, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, a son, a wise son, makes his father glad. But a foolish son is a grief to their mother. Live wisely and bring joy to your mother. You know, many times children can do things that are very unwise. Your mother has told you things that you should do, the way that you should live, so that you won't do anything that is foolish, right? You know, the place where I get my hair cut at, it's uh, on 108 Benson there, down in Kent. And it's a very busy street. Those of you who know where that's hit. It's a very busy street. I remember coming out one day, and there was a mother with about a four or five-year-old little boy. And she was trying to keep him in tow while she was going to open the car door. And there he was. He was trying to pull away at her and she let him go. And he ran right out onto 108 into the street. And I was probably about 25 feet or so. And you could hardly see the cars coming. This little boy. I thought to myself, any car could have come and just crushed that child. Praise God! No car came. Nothing happened except that she got him back, scolded him, but it was a moment of fear 
Because we will do things that are unwise. We'll run and play in the street, so to speak, and do things many times when we perhaps don't know. Child, children do foolish things. We all do foolish things. You know, when a child is born as a baby, they're not born with this pure heart. No, the Bible says we're born with a heart that has sin, that is inclined to sin, a sinful heart. And when we're born like that, our parents teach us things not to do un wise things because it'll bring not only them grief, it'll bring us grief. And you know what they do to correct that foolishness that's in our heart? They discipline us. The Bible says that we're born with foolishness in our heart. Proverbs 22.15 What's in the heart of a child? It says foolishness in Proverbs 22.15 Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of discipline will remove it far from him. You see, that's why your parents sometimes punish you. That's why your parents discipline you. Because there is foolishness in the heart. You don't want to grow up to be a fool, do you? You want to grow up to be wise. And kids, if you grow up and you live wisely, you'll bring joy to your parents. If you live foolishly, you'll bring grief to your parents. Many parents grieve because their children make foolish decisions. Whether it's running out and playing in the street... Or maybe hanging out with a group of friends that they've warned us about. They've perhaps not decided to walk with God. They've decided to live their own way. And the parents can tell they don't love the Lord. And that brings grief to their heart. Or maybe they're spending all of their money and living on credit. Living the high life rather than saving and spending wisely. That brings grief to the heart. Or they decide that they're going to just just ignore their parents. Well, there's many things that can bring grief to our mothers. Do what is wise, do what is right, and bring joy to your mothers. Thirdly, don't look down or despise your mother. Don't look down or despise your mother. Proverbs 15.20 Proverbs 15.20 It says there, A wise son makes his father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. A foolish man despises his mother. Or Proverbs 23, 22. It says there, Listen, listen to your father who begot you. And do not despise your mother. When? When she is old. Proverbs 30, verse 17. Proverbs 30, verse 17. The eye that mocks a father and scorns a mother, the ravens of the valley will pick it out. Young eagles will eat it. You know, scorn means to disparage, to kind of look down on, to disrespect, maybe even to ridicule. You know, when I was a boy, there was a family that I had watched. And the mother had recently gotten married, had come over from uh, a village in China. She wasn't very well educated, but she worked hard. She worked hard and... Her husband worked hard too and they had uh, very simple jobs. And they raised a family. They had a couple of kids and these kids were a blessing. A blessing in the sense that they had the opportunities of education here whereas their mother didn't. They had the opportunity to go to school and learn things that their mother hadn't. But rather than being grateful, perhaps, as they ought to have been, as they began to learn English better, and their mother didn't know much, they would 
call her names like stupid and they would disparage her. Rather than helping her, they, they hurt her. That's what it means to scorn. And many times children can do that as parents perhaps get older and they look down on them and they don't have the respect and the regard they ought to have for those who are older because, well, they're more, I'm more educated, they may say to themselves, or I know better or whatever it is and they don't show them the respect that is due for them. You see, while our parents may have many faults, we're never to look down upon them or to scorn them but to show them honor and respect. And that's the third thing. Don't show your mother disrespect, but to love her as you ought to. Fourthly, fourthly, treat your parents kindly. Treat your parents kindly. Proverbs 19.26. Proverbs 19.26. He who assaults his father and drives his mother away is shameful and disgraceful the son. Or Proverbs 20.20 He who curses his mother or father, his lamp will go out in the time of darkness. You know, the sad thing is now, not only do we have people who will abuse their own children, but we have children who will so mistreat their parents and abuse them. Perhaps verbally, perhaps they will even sue them. Sometimes you'll see them in the news or they'll threaten to disown them or they'll say all sorts of mean things to their parents. In the Old Testament, if you cursed your parents, do you know what would happen? You would be put to death. Those were strong words of the Old Testament. The the word to curse would mean to treat lightly or to treat with contempt. So God wants us to treat our parents kindly, always. It doesn't matter if you're angry or whatever it might be. We're to treat our parents kindly. Fifthly, the fifth thing God teaches us is... Not to steal or take advantage of our mother. Not to steal or take advantage of our mother. That comes from Proverbs 28, 24. 28, 24. He who robs his father or mother and says, It is not a transgression, is a companion of a man who destroys. He who robs his father or mother and says, It is not a transgression, meaning it's not a sin. It's a companion of a man who destroys. Don't steal. Don't steal from your parents. Most parents, you see, they want to give to you. They want to be good to you. They want to bless you. They want to be generous. Sometimes they don't because they see perhaps you can't handle it or that you're not mature enough or you don't know the value of hard work whatever it might be, but they do that in their wisdom. But their heart's desire is to bless you, to give to you, to be generous to you. Do you realize that the primary source of identity theft, which is a major crime nowadays in the United States, comes from people who know you, your friends, your relatives, those who are close to you. It often brings grief to a parent to find out their child has been stealing from them or has been taking advantage of them. Don't take things from your mother because you feel you have a right to it. Don't take it for granted. It's like the little boy, the little boy who was in class, and the mother was, or the teacher was teaching these little children about fractions. And she was teaching them about uh, fractions. She was giving a little illustration. She said, you know what? Suppose there is a pie that you're going to have for dinner. And in this pie, 
there are seven of you, five children and your parents. There are seven of you. Well, if you're to divide up the pie, what slice of the pie would you get? How much would you get? One little boy raised his hand and he said, I would get one-sixth. And the teacher said, well, no, no, remember now, there are five of you and there are two parents and so there are seven of you. So, how much of the pie would you get? He said, I, I'd get one-sixth. And the mother, and the, and the teacher said, well, I'm sorry, but I, I think that uh, you, you, you might uh, have your fractions a little bit mixed up. And the little boy said, well, yes, teacher, but you, you don't know my mother. My mother would say she wouldn't want any pie. <laughs> Mothers want to give. And you know how that is. They always take the bones from the fish. They always take the bones from the chicken and say, Oh no, that's what I really like. The tail of the chicken because it's soft or whatever it might be. That's what they take. They take the parts that you wouldn't want. Well, I mean, I've never desired to suck a fish head before. Some, for some reason, my grandmother would love that part. I don't know why. But they want to give all of the meat. They'll flip it over so that it looks nice. But don't take advantage of them. And don't steal from them. Number six. Do not fight to get your own way. Do not fight to get your own way. Proverbs 29.15 Do not fight to get your own way. Proverbs 29.15 The rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. But a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. Now the proverb here in Proverbs 29.15, when you look at your Bible, tells us of the beneficial value of wisdom. It talks about the rod, which is picturing corporal discipline. It talks about reproof, which means to reprimand or scold. And all of us have been, I'm sure, disciplined in one way or another. But it generally shows that there is discipline that comes, that gives wisdom. There must be discipline of some type. And it shows what? That they love and they care about you. You know why your parents sometimes punish you? It's because they love you. They don't want you to turn out bad. They don't want you to do things that are foolish. They don't want you to go and, and run out into the street like that little boy did when I was getting my hair cut. They want you to know what is wise and they want us to remember what is wise. And wisdom tells me that, you know what, when certain things fall on certain floors, I shouldn't pick it up and put it in my mouth. So wisdom tells me that I'm supposed to maybe avoid certain parts of uh, town if it's not safe at certain hours of the night. Wisdom tells me I'm not to see certain types of entertainment or be involved in certain types of activities. Wisdom tells me that I should be careful how I drive, be careful about the things that I eat, and I'm to do what is right. And that's why our parents, sometimes they will discipline us because they care about us. And not to fight for our own way. You see, the goal is not to keep me happy as a child. The goal is not to make me happy and that I might get my own way. You know, I've worked with, I've worked with youth before and they're always trying to snaggle out of something, it seems like. They always give these lines like, Oh, don't you trust me? Or have you heard that one? Or, or how about, uh, you know, I'm only going to be gone for a little while on this or that. And they always will say something that will let you kind of almost give them a long leash to be permissive. I would be spoiled had my parents been like that. It's funny, I was reading an article entitled Learning to Lie. 
I'm part of an article, a quotation in New York Magazine, just a study that came out two months ago. And it was a study of teenagers regarding degrees of honesty and deceit. And researchers found that most parents, most parents believe, if I'm permissive, it will encourage honesty and openness from kids. If I'm permissive, they believe that openness and honesty is encouraged. Well, parents of teenagers would rather be informed than strict and in the dark, so to speak. But researchers have found that a no-rules policy simply doesn't work. One researcher noted, quote, Kids who go wild and get in trouble have parents who don't set rules or standards. Their parents are loving and accepting no matter what the kids do. But the kids take the lack of rules as a sign their parents don't care. That their parent doesn't really want the job of being the parent. Ironically, the type of parents who are actually most consistent in enforcing rules are the same parents who are most warm and have the most conversations with their kids." And though some rules result in arguments between parents and teens, only 23% of the teenagers surveyed considered these conflicts harmful to their relationship with their parents. Why? Because boundaries and rules and, and, and things like that communicate care and concern and love. And as the Proverbs say, if a child gets his own way or her own way, most of the time they will bring shame to their parents. So your parents set boundaries and they set limits and they discipline you because they care and we're not to fight, always to get our own way. And seventhly, lastly, God says in the book of Proverbs, humbly bless your mother. Humbly bless your mother. Proverbs 30, verses 11 to 14. Proverbs 30, verse 11. Humbly bless your mother. There is a kind of man who curses his father and does not bless his mother. And it goes on to describe this person. The person that it goes on to describe is a person who is prideful. Who is prideful. They don't bless their mother. To To bless means to do well and to speak well. The child who's proud, though, doesn't speak well of their parents or do good to them. They feel as if they're entitled to all of these things. There's a sense of, well, I deserve this, or I am entitled to this. And children, even as they grow into being adults, adults can be too much on themselves, even when they're successful. Everyone sometimes needs a good mother who will deflate them and bring them back to reality from time to time. Those of you who know a man named Denzel Washington, he's promoting a a film last year called The Great Debaters. Denzel was interviewed by by Oprah Winfrey and I didn't see it. I'm reading a part of a quotation out of Parade Magazine. Midway through the conversation, he noted the encouragement that he had received from his mother. He said that he walked into the house one day feeling full of myself, a movie star. I said to my mother, did you ever think this was all going to happen? She was like, please, first of all, go wash the windows for me. You have no idea how many people have been praying for you while you were being knucklehead. Unquote. It's easy, you see, for us to think that, hey, I'm successful, I know so much, I'm whatever, and a mother will be able to tell us things that others wouldn't be able to. We are to be humble and to humbly bless our mothers. And mothers, they are a blessing to us. 
And we're to honor our mothers. And they can tell when we have a sincere desire to honor them and to show them respect, to listen to them and to bring joy to them, not to despise, look down on them. They know when we're trying to honor them. Even sometimes when it might seem a little bit different. Former tailback for the USC Trojan football team, his name was Sultan McAuliffe, he honored his mother in a unique way. What he did was he had her name tattooed across his chest in big letters, four-inch letters, M-A-B-L-E. His mother's name, Mabel, printed across his chest. It was a little bit different, a little bit on the side that perhaps I probably wouldn't do. But I guess it was a, he honored his mother. Only one problem was that his mother's name was spelled M-A-B-E-L. His mother wasn't complaining, though, when she was told about it. She says, oh, quote, it doesn't really matter, she said. That's my baby. He's such a sweet young man, unquote. God has given us ways in which we honor our mothers. We're to honor our mothers because God has made them special people. We're to listen to them and obey them. We're not to abandon their teaching. We're to live wisely, not to bring grief to them. We're not to despise, look down upon them as if we know more suddenly than they do. Or We're not to treat our parents unkindly. We're not to steal or to take advantage of them. We're not to fight to get our own way. We're to humbly bless them. We can be a blessing, you see, and bring joy to our mothers this Mother's Day. Or we can be a source of grief or sorrow. So choose to be a blessing to your mother. We're blessed with mothers, especially those who are godly mothers. doesn't matter how much you have or how little you have. As Abraham Lincoln shared once, he said, No man is poor who has a godly mother. Let's pray. Our Father, we are blessed. We are blessed with mothers. And many who are sitting here, if not all, know you as Lord and Savior. And we pray, O God, that we might honor them today and in the days to come, knowing, O God, that you have given them to us as a gift to guide us, to give us wisdom, to bless us, to encourage us, to be beside us, to cheer us on, and to give us the encouragement we need. We thank you, Father, for these mothers, and we pray, O God, may we honor them as you would so desire. In Jesus' name, amen.